Hello, and welcome to another episode of the VR Download, a weekly show recorded live from the Upload Virtual Studios, where we bring you the latest news, reviews, comments, and interviews from the VR industry. My name is Kyle, Operations Manager at Upload. I'm Tatiana. I'm the Master Dabber. Master Dabber. Awesome. And over here to the right, second apprentice to Master Dabber. Ian, hi. I... Hi. Hi. That's all I got. Hi. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Excellent. Well, hey, let's get into today's VR news discussion. And it looks like our first news piece of this week is Half-Life Alex, who would have thunk the highest rated PC game so far. So no- not not VR, but yeah. PC game. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty. It's early in the year still, but it, of course, the big question is how many PC games are going to be delayed out of this year because of the virus. So, I mean, there could be some big releases super delayed, uh, and maybe that maybe that stands. I mean, it is only March or April now, but uh, that game came out in March, and it's the best game through March. But they always save up the big releases for that sort of November time frame when they want to appeal to lots and lots of people around Christmas time. And uh, I don't know, it's pretty impressive that it's been able to sort of grab that spot. I always wonder how the numbers are kind of like skewed a little bit by uh, the studio, the outlets that don't really report on VR games very much. Like mm-hmm. it's just, this game is it. We even rated we rated it five out of five and we thought it was amazing, but there's these other outlets that probably gave it 10 out of 10 and, you know, perfect scores who don't actually look at a wide range of VR games and just were absolutely blown away by this particular one. You know, I, I personally play quite a number of games. Uh, not every game, because not every game is, uh, you know, appealing to me, but I try to at least play everything a little bit. Half-Life Alex is one of those games where two, three, four hours into it, I remember taking my headset, headset off and going, wow this is the game that'll make non-VR believers believe. Like, this is the game. Yeah. And, and I was I was personally blown away by it. So I can understand and appreciate this, but I think you have a good point. Comments. What kind of comments do we have? Adam Hartzell and Heaney and Gerald all agree that uh, Medal of Honor VR is their next big title. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that one's the obvious elephant in the room. I just... I kind of forgot I've not come out. Yeah, it's been sort of like in the office for such a long time. And um, Medal of Honor, I mean, returning to that kind of universe, it's going to be such a big draw. Um, I know how many people are excited for that. I'm super excited for it, but I know so many people are. And the, the game could change my mind once I get my hands on it. Yeah, it's going to... I mean, Dave, I think, is the only people. one that really has done anything with it, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so Kyle, uh, your friend Gerald here says Half-Life Alex has been good, but is not revolutionary in his opinion. You know, I- I've had this conversation and thanks for being the other side of the debate, Gerald. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, one of the things that I use to rate my own personal, uh, experience in vr is how quickly i obtain presence and it's it's a trite phrase nowadays but there were numerous times where i completely forgot that i wasn't standing 
in in front of a old dilapidated uh, hotel or uh anytime the head crash jumped at me and i'm like shooting my own face it's like uh, okay uh yeah i get it, it, it it's there if you want to say revolutionary you know, revolutionary isn't a good word it's just uh immersive I, I again it's another trite word it's hard for me to describe it all i know is that i really 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 enjoyed it <laughs> that's all i can say yeah so I, I don't know. We 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 did the separate podcast where we did the review discussion, yeah. and there's a spoiler section at the end of that where we talk about spoilers. And uh, I'm sure our comments are a mixture of people who haven't finished the game yet, and half of them I'm sure have. But uh, talking about presence, I mean, I set up my room as large as I possibly could, mm-hmm. and there's one part, one critical moment in this game where you really, I had to sort of position myself into the far end of my room and then physically walk across the room to press a button. And it's a very nerve wracking scene. I don't want to spoil it for, for people who haven't gotten there yet, but like that moment you're talking about getting presence immediately. And there's, there's no moment that I can think of except, and Jamie did his interview where they mentioned, I think budget where you're really forced to use your space in a creative or interactive way and kind of need to try to maximize some of that space and think of both the real world and the virtual world in order to keep yourself as safe as possible and uh, really, you know, come around a corner and, uh, you know, pick your shots. I, I found myself throughout that game again and again coming up to the barnacles and teleporting close to them and then leaning forward and firing at them, oh, yeah. uh-huh. you know, by putting my hand forward. And like, that's just, it's not revolutionary, but it's incredibly fun and incredibly satisfying to do on a regular basis throughout that entire game. A yeah. friend of mine sent me like a clip. It was like a four minute clip of um, him doing like a combat scene, like on a train. And someone had thrown, like an enemy had thrown something at the window and he had just dropped to the floor. And I, after I watched the clip, he was like, that was genuine. Like I genuinely dropped to the floor and ducked because like I got this, you know, crap scared out of me. So it definitely did feel very, like you said, present, I guess, in terms of the combat because of the way that he was hiding behind things and like peeking over things. And like you talked about, like shooting around corners and stuff. It was really interesting to, to see. Now, I will do, this is very unusual, but I do want to do a shout out to our friend over at Road to VR, Ben Lang, for a tweet that he did uh, that said, if you're going to play this with the Rift S, use headphones for the best experience. And so I was playing with the Rift S. I put on for the first time with Half-Life Alex, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to take Ben up on that, and I'm going to put a pair of headphones on. And I'll tell you, I've played it with and without He's absolutely right. If you're playing this with a Rift S, you, if you have a good set of headphones, it would behoove you to use that. I don't know, Ian, what, what was your experience audio-wise? Yeah, I did the Index. I had the off-ear headphones, and those are the, mm-hmm. the amazing ear ear experience where like, you, get the, you don't feel them on your ears, so you're not reminded that there's something in your ear, which you get when you put earbuds in. It's kind of like a constant reminder. I'm wearing earbuds right now, and there's always that constant reminder that I'm wearing some kind of audio solution rather than just immersed. And obviously the Rift S and the Quest out of the box have the kind of like strap solutions to audio, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
I'm not sure where, where actually are the speakers in the Rift S. I, I use Quest so much, but they're like, um, I think they're like right, like here. Yeah, because I know if high, I put my hands right. up and like cup like the sides, like I can hear it. But uh, yeah, so the the index can, are so wonderful to position them right over your ear, and then you hear you kind of have the audio going through your ears and using your ears as part of the kind of realistic audio solution and it was just fantastic and you can still they're so loud but uh you can still sometimes hear people outside vr talking to you when you need to mm-hmm. so it's like the best of both worlds i love that yeah music. speaking of that i was going to say uh, rebuff reality is going to launch their their vr ears kickstarter soon and i actually i know kyle you know you and i have different views on it but when i used it at ces like i loved it um i i tried it on the quest with pistol whip and the vr power attached and you know from time to time while I was playing Joe, their CEO would actually take them off to kind of show or unplug them or whatever. like to just show me like the difference that it was night and day. Like it, yeah. it, it felt like I was really wearing headphones and it was you know, very I, crisp. I, I think that my original assessment of that product may not have been uh, fair because I don't think I actually used it to experience a game like Half-Life Alex that actually takes full advantage of that. So I think that the VR ears is something that I would definitely want to add to my Rift S experience in the very, very near I, future. I love them. Like yeah. I, I thought they, you know, with the VR power, everything felt very balanced. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like anything was heavy on either side. And the fact that it's, you know, supposed to work with multiple VR headsets, I think in the marketing images we saw it with the PSVR as well. Which I think is a huge deal because audio with the PSVR is always, you know, the big clunky PlayStation headphones or yeah. using your TV speakers. So I think the VR ears would just be like an absolute must for anyone that uses PSVR. Absolutely. Absolutely. So on on Quest, we, we keep talking. You, you did the review of VR Power and I'm using I'm it, now. it right we now. We talk about Me it every too. week, right? Uh, we're talking about it, but it, it balances out the headset. The thing that's really cool about the VR ears is they're powered, and there's a battery life on them, and the VR power has that secondary output. Yeah, the one on the a, left, it, I believe, the one amp one. Yeah. So you can charge your Quest with the VR power while it's going, and then also charge up the VR ears on the Quest and have the off-ear experience. And then if you if if Oculus does what we think they're going to do and actually ship a wireless version of the Link, boy, that's going to be an amazing combination of yeah. of hardware experience where you have a wireless headset that's you know it wouldn't be wireless anymore. There would actually be several wires running around your head, but you would be untethered and you could have PC VR connection, and yeah. then you've also got the amazing ear experience index that's going to be an amazing solution if if it all comes together like that uh, gerald actually asks a good question is how many og vive users do you think are playing half-life alex without audio due to how much of a hassle audio on it is i don't own oh, vive, God, so i can't really terrible. chime in well i mean i have one downstairs i could probably put it together and see how the performance is and getting it all set up and everything. I mean, I've got several headsets that I would like, I wonder what half if Alex looks like on like a DK one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kidding. Oh, obviously. Right. Hey, let's, uh, it's a good question. Uh, Gerald, I don't know. I might do some testing, uh, later, uh, maybe next week and see what works and what doesn't. That might be a fun. I really did hate together. 
I really did hate pulling out those earbuds for the five every time. It was a pain to like, because it's got a different kind of strapping experience and it's heavy and it's, it's, as I recall, it's pretty front heavy. Um, the original. Oh five. yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, getting that. And then also getting the tangle of the earbuds and then the tangle of the wire and all of that stuff all at once. is kind of, is a real pain. I do think my that, uh, vibe has, my Vive has the deluxe audio strap on it, so that kind of cheats. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll do some research yep. on that. Let's move on to the next piece of news. Uh, Facebook and Samsung Gear VR software updates, 360 video downloads, and films. If you have it on your device, keep it. Don't delete it because it ain't going to be there no more. That's sad. Rip. Gear VR. Uh, Ian, I, I know Ian's how much smiling. you loved... I know how much you loved the Gear VR. <laughs> it's funny. It's his favorite. You know, like, yeah. I mean, so, like, I was there. I went, that was kind of the beginning of my journey on trying to make a full-time job out of VR news coverage was the Gear VR. So, like, if, if you go back into the history and rewind the, the reel, 2014 is when Facebook buys Oculus. And by the end of 2014, they've shipped the Innovator edition of their Gear VR. And basically, soon after Facebook bought Oculus, I put in my two weeks notice at my job and uh, tried to freelance write about VR journalism and, and write about what that I, I saw coming, this next generation of computing that I believed was coming. And then I went and bought the Gear VR, the Innovator Edition, late that year. And it was like, you know, going into the store was, you know, they had no idea what I was talking about. They had no idea this thing existed. And I had to, like, special order it or wait uh, for, for it to come. Did a review for uh, someone in uh, uh, a newspaper out there and basically said, yeah, it's really cool, but you're going to have to wait. And that kind of begins this six-year journey of of to now of just yeah it's really cool but you're gonna have to wait and no matter how much they try to improve that gear vr experience you're gonna have to wait there's just too many roadblocks for for normal people it's very sad i yeah i have uh i have a fun gear vr story as well uh i got the I pre-ordered the galaxy note 4 i wanted a black one uh and the store called me and said, your phone is here, but we goofed and we gave it to somebody else. So you have to go to another location. It was a, a best buy. I know uh, I ended up with a white one, which I don't care. And cause I immediately put a case on it anyway. Uh, but it was October 14th, 17th. I forget of 2014. Uh, and I remember saying, this is the very first consumer vr device that i've ever owned an actual i went to a store and bought it and that was very profound for me um gear vr has a very near and dear spot in my heart i remember the first expos after it came out every vr dev had a note for every vr dev had a note for i went to a, a party once and there were 16 of them on a table all at one time it was a big deal, uh, at least in the inner circles of the OG VR community. But uh, yeah, it's time has passed. It's it's uh, it's been a retirement home for quite a while, I think. <laughs> like oh yeah, at CES I mean, for I don't even know how many years. They Samsung would always have like that roller coaster simulator thing, where like they put everyone like mm -hmm. in the little roller coaster seats with the Gear VRs. 
I, yep. I don't know. It's, that, that is my experience with the VR is watching people or the gear VR rather is watching people use it. I never, I never tried one, never had the an ge- interest in the gear VR personally. The gear VR hasn't died. It was just sent off to live on a farm with other aged VR headsets. So know that it's in a good place out to pass. Is, is Google glass. It's next door neighbor. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. I have a Google glass sitting in a box somewhere. That's funny. Uh, how much do we want to actually talk about Gear VR, though, other than it's, you know, untimely or timely death, I guess? Well, I don't know. We've kind of covered it. It's I think the thing that always made the you joke that I hated it. And uh, I it's so frustrating. It, it was it was the perfect example of this headset where you put it on someone and they want it. They want they really kind of want out after five minutes. Like, you know, you, you're pushing them to to go in there any longer than five to 10 minutes. And like, I remember various things like putting a physical gamepad controller in uh, an older person's hands. And they just could not have tossed the gamepad back at me faster <laughs> because they just were like, I can't do games. I can't, I, I really cannot play games and I can't believe you would put this gamepad in my hand. And like, it's kind of, frustrating to be so excited about the future of this technology and have this experience happen over and over and over again when you're given demos and it's just like yeah i wasn't that impressed because when i leaned i felt really uncomfortable and mm-hmm. yeah that gamepad wasn't great and all those things yeah the, ge- oh, the, gear v- the gear vr was my first uh foray into taking uh vr to a nursing home and i was just playing 360 uh videos because i didn't want to have controllers because i kind of anticipated that type of response so you know you go up to these elderly folks and i mean they're just sitting in their wheelchairs and or in their comfy lounge chairs and you just you you see their faces brighten up just by showing them something so the gear vr has a special place in my heart for that as well is that that was my first sharing experience with somebody that really truly appreciated it so yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Adam Hartzell said that you know he'll never forget how blown away he was with Fireproof's Omega Agent and Minecraft on Gear VR. Uh, and then Gerald also said, you know, it's fascinating that you know people wanted out, whereas now with the Quest, he has to pull people out. And you know, it really shows like how far <laughs> we've come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on to the next big piece of news. HTC announces a $549 headset-only Cosmos Elite, complete with free Half-Life Alex. Uh, it's still a hundred bucks cheaper for me to buy a, you know, Rift S and and buy Half-Life Alex on Steam. One hundred fifty, right? Oh, well, uh, well, yeah, it's five forty-nine. The Rift S is. 400, 400 yeah 400 yeah, and yeah. then what's kind of insane about it is the index is only 50 dollars cheaper so if you're willing to wait an extra month for delivery of an index uh it's also going to save you some money plus alex. i mean i guess i guess you could get alex with both but uh 50 cheaper if you wait a little bit longer for the index experience what uh, sell me on this concept what is the cosmos elite claiming to offer for this premium ish price the idea that they're pitching is modularity with that system 
they the idea is that you if you do buy that 550 you're on an upgrade path from the original five so in david's review uh both of the original cosmos and the new face plate solution it's an upgrade it is an upgrade from the original five so that's not a bad purchase uh from that perspective of going from this original 2016 experience to a cosmos and then there's this pitch of modularity where you could get this faceplate solution out of the box use your existing base stations that you've already got probably mounted on your walls mm-hmm. and have an upgraded experience from what you originally had in uh, 2016 while still using the five wands and then you've got kind of a platform to jump off with in theory over the next six months to a year into whatever else you want to do by the end and combine them with this solution you could upgrade to the next generation base stations and have a wider tracking area if you wanted to go with that solution and then uh i believe in may or something uh uh hcc is planning to ship the uh, alternative faceplate so you can actually convert it to an inside-out solution so you don't need those base stations you could take it to a more portable you know you could take your computer or have a computer elsewhere and just take your headset not have to take the base stations down use the cosmos controllers you'd have to buy the uh, if you only bought the headset i think you'd have to buy the cosmos controllers it's i spent yesterday morning on the HT, on hcc's website trying to understand how all of their offerings work together and it gave me a literal headache. I, I really was, my head was throbbing after visiting their website, trying to understand the prices, how they compare to Rift S and index and why someone would want to salute, would want to do this upgrade path because, you know, valve really did offer up the index as the, the kind of go-to upgrade path for those original Vive owners. And here's Cosmos trying to do the same thing, but what, a year later than Index? And obviously people are really struggling out there to get their hands on Index right now since it's backordered by like two months. So that it's understandable why some people would want to pick this path. Yeah, I see that there is a very specific target audience. And that's that's where the true value of this lies. If you're already part of the HTC ecosystem and you already have the base, uh, you know, mounted to your walls, as you said, and you already have the, the wands, the old OG controllers, uh, and you're just looking to upgrade the headset, and you're specifically looking for a modular setup with growth potential, then yes, you fall into that demographic, that target audience that they are uh, targeting for this Cosmos Elite. I mean, I, I guess I mean, that's the best way that I have been able to justify this at all. And wireless, you know, that's the thing that I'm finding differentiating a lot of this stuff here. Here we are in 2020. Uh, I had a friend with an original Rift and uh somehow it was news to him that uh the quest existed and i started explaining the quest and their mind just exploded wait there is a wireless one and uh, (laughs) they just got very very excited and immediately bought uh the 128 gigabyte quest as soon as it became available uh and the last time it it didn't sell out um i have some some breaking news oh breaking news uh what did you marvel iron man vr has been delayed again yeah. Uh, it was just announced on Twitter. 
yeah. with along with The Last of Us Two, um, which I you know I saw that kind of coming, but there's no release date yet. But it just got announced. Rip both of them. Yes, in the same tweet. Uh, so if poor, David is probably out. gonna yeah, David's gonna cry. Uh, pour one out for Iron Man VR. <laughs> I don't feel too good, good Mr. It, Stark. <laughs> oh God, oh. Kyle. Oh. It gives. Gives my wife some time to play through the original before the new one comes out, at least. I guess the Iron Man one is a real bummer. We obviously have some reports on UploadVR.com where we talked about the, the quality assurance testing being a major impact. We we got some tips telling us that uh, various things were going on with user testing. And uh, obviously, when they they're, these user testing groups are dealing with very expensive intellectual properties from very powerful companies and they don't there's you know a very serious security concern with sending those products home with users there's a there's a real drive there to try to get those users to test in the office and uh you know they should be able to accommodate home workers you know everyone is accommodating home workers right now and workers health is most important but are they really going to send, be able to, at the same capacity, have 40 or 50 testers of a given upcoming game be able to not leak anything mm-hmm. uh, with it all going home with all those people? I don't yeah, know. Like especially when you're, you know, you're, I don't know, like how a lot of places are working, but I'm sure there's dev kits being sent home, like, you know, computer work, like workstations from home. Um, my roommate works for Activision and they, I mean, he does support, but they sent him home with his whole computer. They're like, take it there you go so it is very I'm sort of worried about this i wonder what kind of surveillance these testers are going to be put under at home i mean oh, are I'm you sure required to have a camera showing your entire living room every time you're i don't think testing? it's to that degree um because all of this stuff is internal you know from AAA to indie like you're most likely doing it through a vpn so it's all still i would assume the same kind of surveillance as it would be you know, working in the office. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just my sorry. opinion. I don't know. It's bummer. Who knows? Uh, okay. Well, thanks for those, uh, that late breaking news. That's good. Uh, let's move on to the next piece. Facebook. I love this. I love this story. This is such a good story. Facebook agrees to buy every AR display from key supplier. Apple looked at acquiring. And uh, it says the information Plessy is oh, the, the, the actual company's name is Plessy is one of the few makers of micro LED displays suitable for AR glasses. So basically, Apple uh, looked at these micro LEDs and said these displays and said these are going to be perfect. And then Facebook came in and swiped them all up and said, no, they're mine. Ian, what's your take on this? Interesting. Yeah, I would love to have Heaney in for a talk on this at some point. We really need to get him in the studio for a discussion on this because he and I have been talking about this. And uh, there is, it's very, very interesting to see the way the Giants are responding to the idea that they're going to get broken up or sued or some other, you know, effect on their business because they're so big and so powerful. And uh, politicians on either side of the United States political spectrum sort of saying, 
we need to rein in some of the power here on some of these tech giants. And both Facebook and Apple are of that scale. Amazon is of that scale of just being everywhere and in everything. And what that means is when you've got a situation like building out a new platform, VR being one platform, AR being another platform, and there being a convergence in theory at some point of these platforms, you've got a buildup. And the problem is these companies can't necessarily build up the way they used to. You can't necessarily buy the entire stack uh, because you're getting, you could get labeled a monopoly and you could have effects of being labeled a monopoly. And then you've got this. So, so there's that whole thing. There's the whole idea of getting labeled a monopoly and what could happen with companies being sued or, or, or affected by that. The other thing is the strategies employed by these companies. Do we have a comment? Interesting comment. Yeah, we have a few actually. Um, so Kev Gretz said that he didn't think that Iron Man looked good. I mean, I haven't played it myself, but I know a lot of people are excited. Um, Chris Richardson could see me making it rain, debt Facebook money. But James O'Loughlin said that you know Apple used to do the same tactic where they bought all of the small hard drives that were in the OG iPods, like literally nobody could compete. Because oh. yeah. I, I mean, I don't I remember know if that was the remember. thing Tim Cook the was famous soon, for. Like the, the soon, like <laughs> like no other MP3 player um, could like really compare with the iPod. Like if you really go back, I think it's my freshman year of high school when they came out. Like the UI and like you know iTunes and everything was unmatched. And then you went to the competitor, which was the Zune. It was just overly complicated, not as reliable. So, yeah. I have a confession so, to make. I have, you have a, a Zoom, don't you? I have a Zoom. Oh, God. Oh, man. I like my Zoom. I liked how it, like, when the hard drive whirled up, the whole thing kind of jerked a little bit in my hand. It was great. <laughs> I mean, come on. When the Zoom came out, everyone looked at that thing and knew it was dead. And you, you looked at it and said, no, this is going to succeed? No. No. I, uh... <laughs> I was a Microsoft fanboy for a long time. Okay, I admit was it. was mm. I admit it. So uh, and anyway, I just liked everything. I mean, I wasn't an Apple person. I, right now, I I I tend to claim to be platform agnostic. We have Android, we have Apple, we have Microsoft. I have Linux. I have anything you want. I've got it in the house now. So eh, there's a little love for the Zoom in this house. Chris Richardson has the Master Chief Zoom. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Collector's Chris. item. Oh, man. Uh, Lucas did say, and I don't know about this, that the Zune music subscription was superior to individual purchases. Did, I don't, I'm not familiar uh, with I will admit that. that the interface between the Zune and the software and the, you know, putting music over and videos over to it was, I think, a little bit easier than, hmm. I don't know, personal preference, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. So what? the other thing I want to mention on the Facebook thing is differences of strategy. And I keep coming up against this in the industry. And I hope, you know, the competitors for Facebook are out there listening. Facebook does not care about making a profit on hardware. And it Mm -hmm. is so important that anyone else getting into VR and AR understand that Facebook needs direct connection to consumers. They want to be on people's heads. They want to have that, you know, un... uh, they don't want anything in between them and getting to people's eyeballs and their ears. Like a head crab. But 
Yeah, right, like a head crab. Uh, someone, crab. someone, Photoshop a head crab onto Zuckerberg. Um, oh God. But they don't care about making a profit on the pathway to do that. They are playing a longer game, a different game. And I have had conversations with various people in the industry, and if you, it's just it's news to them that they don't care about making that hardware profit. And I and I that's the thing that is so threatening to Apple is their entire business model is about lowering the cost of manufacturing the thing by owning the entire stack of making the thing in order to make a profit on selling the hardware. And they could destroy they you know, they could come in here and really hit everyone really hard. You know, I'm convinced that's why Google kind of backed out when they realized oh no we can't add a whole new segment to our business uh, that makes a whole lot of profit by getting into this because facebook is going to uh take a loss on all their hardware in order to dominate and that could hit apple soon yeah it's about developing an ecosystem and facebook is trying to develop the ecosystem it's not as important to uh, to them right now to make money because they know that if they can get a couple million people in their headsets, which it's starting to look like it's actually coming to fruition, then they have that ecosystem, which creates a fan base, which creates additional, you know, word of mouth and everything. So it's really important that Facebook does what they can do. Now, the, the thing that, and here's my point about this whole micro led stuff. And, and, and I just want to throw this out as another perspective. The Apple glasses or eyeglasses or whatever they're going to call it were supposed to come out this year. Um, Uh At one point, there was a report that they were going to. If not this year, then next year. Wouldn't you think they'd already have a stock of these micro LEDs if this is what they were going to use? Yeah, I think it's always been a couple years out. I mean, um, the Heaney God is now telling us that it's slated for 2023. Yeah, that's, I mean, it, that's, that's too that's the far latest away. Report. And that's kind of the thing. That's that's what I'm getting at, where if Tim Cook looked at the VR market and says, we're only going to sell, realistically, a couple million or five or ten million VR headsets between now and 2023, let's just skip ahead and get to the bigger market, which is AR or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Let's just focus on the bigger market where we really can't add a whole nother pillar to our business. And let's just skip this little this little toy idea that's you know not going to really change our business. And it's a real serious mistake for that reason because they're going to give this window for Facebook to build this community. It, it, his name is Tim Apple, Ian. I was going to make right. that joke. <laughs> oh, man. I was going to make that joke. And uh, I refrained. We, we do have some comments. comments. Uh, Gerald said that the Apple Air has that was always 2023 yeah. and says that Facebook is at least early as 2022. Greg's VR kind of makes a good point and says Apple always waits until a market is ripe with rivals who have already released and failed. They really don't need to be first, second, or third. And I, I agree with him on that. Don't need to be first, mm-hmm. just need to be best. I get it. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Yeah. But the, so do you, it, do you think... The problem ahead. is that, that that makes sense. That makes sense. But... The problem is, what if Facebook is best and cheapest? Then great. 
I mean, that, Apple, the base, Apple is the, never going to be the cheapest ever. I don't care what but, product it is. Sure, but they if they've got this multi-year advantage, five to ten years by the time twenty, you know, twenty twenty-three is nearly nine years. The uh, iPhone, the first iPhone, was ahead of its time by a long shot because I saw a T-Mobile Sidekick when the iPhone came out. That thing was still expensive as hell, and they're getting more and more and more expensive, and people still buy it because with Apple. You can put whatever stupid price tag you want on it, and your Apple people are still going to buy it. Like that, they're they're never going to be the cheapest ever. It's just if you go and back, I, I will into take the, that to the grave. Sure, it just if you go back into the the history books, three or four years before iPhone launched, they bought the tech that they bought the company that allowed them to do the touchscreens that that did the such great touchscreens, and it took them several years of development work to make that user interface that was so revolutionary on the iPhone. And in theory, I suppose they're trying to do that now, right? They're trying to come up with the best hand tracking and the best gloves or whatever system that they're going to use for the eventual eyeglasses or whatever it is. Just Facebook is doing that in real time publicly with a community of millions of people and thousands of developers. And I don't know if... Apple's tried and true strategies are going to give them everything they need to compete once they get to 2022-2023. Well, Gerald also said like, you know, maybe Apple can maybe do some magic user experience, but he has a feeling that Facebook already knows what needs to be done, which which I agree and he also says, you know, he's curious if their AR headset will launch with which Facebook, Oculus, or Instagram branding, which is also a very interesting point. Because if you look at, like, not that the Snapchat glasses, I don't think were super successful, but that does bring the Instagram point into question. Like, is it going to be Generation 3 of those Snapchat glasses? I have no idea. Generation 4 or something could be Eh, much better. It's 3, yeah. I don't know. I'll be I'm curious to see how this all pans out. It's actually kind of fun to see the evolution of the VR industry and know that directly behind it is the AR industry. And there's going to be uh, a merging of those graphics of those metrics that where they both kind of grow together once they get closer to each other. Cause I really do feel that by 2023, we should have some sort of hybrid headset i don't know no, i mean i'm no. i'm ambitious though i like to think positively about it no no okay no. well we'll see we'll we'll check back in a couple years and see <laughs> well when you say hybrid headset you mean one that you can take out into the world and one that's great indoors because those so, are so completely different use cases so i have often said that the ultimate headset is because i am a bespectacled individual i wear glasses the first thing i do every day is grab my glasses then my phone well uh i want one that i can tap the side give me ar stuff tap the side give me vr stuff tap the side have regular glasses whether it's through pass through i think that's more than three years see if that was a thing and i was one of your children i would just constantly like tap your your headset <laughs> yeah he says 10 years let's see all right we have it on the record yeah oh he says more than 10 years so mm, mm. but uh, kyle wants it in three years <laughs> all right i'll meet you in the middle 2025 is my prediction mm, i'm gonna disagree with you on that because if you really look i'm gonna i'm gonna pull the coronavirus card here if you look at like the delays and the setbacks we have from this, we don't know how long it's going to be, and then we have to repair everything and catch up. I, 
I'm going to lean more towards what Heaney said. You don't, you don't think is, that researchers are sitting at home in quarantine right now, coming up with all sorts of many varied and unusual solutions to some of they these might, problems? They might be coming up with them and drafting them, but they don't have the resources at home to actually put them into uh, testing. We'll see. We'll see what kind of interesting uh, unintended consequences there are. I don't are. know if he, were you agreeing with me or Kyle? You were just I was like agreeing giving, with you. You oh, okay. you win. Okay, cool. Anyway, okay. All right. Well, they're always, you know, on the other side of the debate. I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it. That's good stuff. Okay. Uh, Well, actually Greg's VR does bring a good point that battery tech is going to be a limiting factor. And that is something that I've actually been complaining about for years. Like we are in 2020 and I still got to charge my iPhone, you know, like halfway through the day, right? Like Android phones still die in like two and a half hours for something that high powered for a VR AR wireless solution. Like, we have to come a long way with batteries yeah. first. Give, gives uh, rebuff reality another product to look at. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that's the news for this week. Uh, the next thing that we usually do is release of the week. Now, I can tell you right now that other than playing some rec room paintball with my kids and Half-Life Alex, which I still haven't finished. I'm still a little bit behind everybody. Uh, I have not played anything else. Uh, Ian. Have you played anything else this week? Uh, table tennis is the only thing I've really gotten into. I've gotten a bunch of things downloaded, but I haven't had time. Just just some table tennis with the, the 3D printed paddle and the Levitt table tennis. Yeah, I'm going to have to it's print one experience. of those. That, that looks fun. And you're, you're into table tennis. You're into ping pong. And I am as well. Yep. I, I feel like there's a tournament coming up. We're going to have to do it. Oh, <laughs> challenge the, accepted. For, for <laughs> For the stake of the future of the VR industry. Is that, is that how it works? Okay. Done. All right. This bump. <laughs> All right. Uh, all uh. right. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, Tatiana, have you played anything new, fun, exciting this week? No, because uh, Animal Crossing happened. Oh. Pfft. I'm the yeah. only one on the team that's not playing, I guess. I'm done. I, I'm, over, I'm over it. That's just because you're bad it, at Animal Crossing. On, nah. You're bad. You're bad at Animal yeah, Crossing. Yeah, bad at it. It's yeah, sure, okay. I couldn't. Bad. I, I couldn't even get started. I... Eh, eh. So uh, it's pretty brief. What's uh, the name of the stupid? Of the what, what's the name of the stupid? Tom uh, Nook. He's a crook. No, no. The the oh. the neighbor that comes in that everyone makes fun of. Uh, the new the new island resident. I got as far as the. I mean, there's I so many different name. ones, so I don't. Yeah, but it's don't an know. early one, like a first. Or well, every one you you get of. different. Every person gets different starting ones. Okay. Like no people like have like the same residence. It's randomized. I've been huh. playing Animal Crossing since like the sixth grade. Like, I can, we can, I can school you right now. Don't look at me like that, Ian. <laughs> I'm gonna get do- I'm gonna get Doom because I-, I skipped on Doom and got Animal Crossing instead, and I think I made the wrong choice. <laughs> Gerald's mm. playing. Gerald's cool. He also th- hates the bunny. I hate the bunny. That's some like Silent Hill three stuff. It, it scares me. Y'all huh. know what I'm talking about. You guys aren't well, cool. Just well, just, you know, sorry, whatever. sorry, we're just not cool. I, I guess uh, release of the week is very uh, unfulfilling this week. It's uh, Alex. Hey, there's you know. Alex. Uh, no, we're all empty after Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Need to recharge our hole in my heart. <laughs> all right. Well, let's dig into the hot topic because this is a fun one as well. Uh, our hot topic we, for this week. We, I guess we should mention Down the Rabbit Hole came out. 
And oh yeah, uh, we don't have oh, the room. We don't have the room VR. And yeah, the, the room, room came out. Those yeah. are both huge. David David gave that some good marks. I we actually did an interview the with them um, at OC6. The, the the producers were really nice. The room guys, they're very proud of what they've achieved. I definitely want to get into that because I really like the phone games. And Paper Beast, right? That uh, that yes. game also oh, came that one out. Actually and that game looked, was very, yeah, I'm going to check that out. All those were, were really solid reviews on uploadvr.com. So check them under the reviews tab. Yes, that one too. I need to get into that one. I've been too scared after Alex, though. I don't think I have my heart to handle it. <laughs> Adam said Room VR is excellent. Good. Yeah. I have, right. I have a kitty who's rubbing on my legs because I'm in VR. I'm allergic. <laughs> well, are you really? No, I just, oh. you know. <laughs> All right. Well, the hot topic for this week. Uh, this is fun. One percent of steam users have a vr headset i'm going to say that again one percent of steam users have a vr headset is pc vr growing fast enough for our oculus quest and psvr taking the spotlight uh are, ian are you part of the one percent you <laughs> are aren't you yeah Heaney, did you put the can you put the little chart up on our screen so they can see the no chart problem. of the headsets yeah, so I, he's well, going to put up I the chart so you can show that, that up. Yeah, I'll, I'll put in my two cents is that it all, I believe, comes down to accessibility. I have thought about this all morning. A PlayStation, you know, you can get one for 300 bucks, right? PSVR costs, I think, brand new 250 if I, I, I believe. If you want to do PSVR or PCVR, sorry, you have to have a good PC. You have to have knowledge of how to put that together, troubleshoot it, run it. And use the equipment. And I think that right now is the biggest thing that is preventing people from getting more into PC yep. VR. And I do believe that PSVR, console VR in general, if we have more, and the Quest are going to continue to lead the way because of that specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the chart that Heaney hopefully will be adding to our screen very soon shows this incredible, uh, incredible number that finally really explains what the vr industry is like and the one that gets me so much is uh quest usage is at like three percent on steam already Mm -hmm. that's you know they only shipped the oculus link in i think the end of november and they've been supply constrained this whole time obviously it can connect with any usb3 cord that's up to up to snuff but three percent is actually more then quite a big number of headsets that are constantly in our inboxes trying to get news coverage for mm, you know, their yeah. things. Mm-hmm. And 3% is already bigger than those people. So it, it gives you a, sort of an inkling of how many quests are out there not ever connecting to a PC. If they can already outperform, uh, what is it, Pimax, and uh, it's larger than Cosmos. So five Cosmos and Pimax are both being outperformed, I believe, on Steam uh, by yeah. the Oculus Quest with this wired connection. It's, it's significant. It's a significant, were, significant moment. Were you surprised at the Pimax percentage, Ian? No. I'm, no? Because I'm, what are they playing? If they have a Pimax and they're not playing Steam games, what are they playing? Exactly. Right? I mean... They're, okay. they're troubleshooting. So it's 
Well, I mean, yeah, there's that. But w- what what I was going for is is that is it just because of the lower numbers in the ecosystem currently, the availability, the shipping, that sort of thing? Because I, I, I just if you have a Pimax, I'd love to know what you play with it, because I I just don't I don't get that number. When I looked at that number, I thought, wow, I thought that number would be at least a little higher because their number was under one percent. Two across two headsets, yeah. Right, um, right. I just, yeah. The, I mean, a third of a percent. percent. Okay, huh? So it's, I'm just curious. I, I'd like to know what people are playing. If you're, if you're in, if you're watching, and you have a Pimax. Let us know what you're, you're playing in the chat, because I, inquiring minds want to know. Uh, yeah. The other thing that I thought was interesting, Ian, was the, uh, the bottom of that chart. I believe it just said other, like. Yeah, and that was non- significant in the other. It right? was. It was like two and a half percent or something like that, or almost three percent. What are those headsets? So we talked to Valve a little bit about this to try and understand, and they're going to try to improve the reporting uh, in the coming months. So hopefully, we'll get some identification on what those others are, and maybe the numbers improve. In fact, the the numbers had a slight change since they first announced them, and today they they did some kind of updating there to change the numbers, and it was just a slight. Uh, you know, sub one percent changes on a lot of little numbers. Uh, it's still, it's still a really significant thing. And yeah, we would like to know what those three percent is. But when you look at the top, right? It's Rift S, HTC Vive, Rift. <laughs> then you start getting to the others. You know, you go down to Vive Pro and Sorry. all these others. Adam Hartzell said the Taco Bell headset. Because <laughs> he got kicked off the Taco Bell free Wi Fi. You broke Thank you. Tatiana. Adam. Thank you. That was good. That that you 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 win the comments this week. Um no, okay, so Ian to get to get <laughs> to get back to the list. I looked at the list of all the headsets that were listed. And then I looked at that other and I went, hmm, what's not listed here? What's not showing up that i know exists it almost leads me to believe that there may be uh headsets being tested right now using steam oh no is he showing frozen for everyone else yeah he always love when we have connection issues the talk about free wi-fi wait he's catching up maybe not oh yep Yep. Oh, wait. I froze. Real, real time? Real time. Start over. Okay, well. He's confused. I'll talk a little bit, I guess. Um, yeah, the other is a really good good point. Could be things being tested. They've got a lot of development kits out there that they've also got, like, I don't remember seeing OSVR on the list. Uh, maybe it's down there low. So. Uh, Could be another. I just think it's so significant if you look at, uh, I mean, where do we draw the line on things we should care about and report about, I guess is the thing I think about, right? Do we want to make sure we're explaining the things that matter to people? And when you get down to 1% and 2%, we, we're not talking about DK2 or DK1 anymore. That's, there's, there's a very small number of people out there who need to, who need to know whether their DK2 can work with Half-Life Alex. Um, where do we draw the line on, on, devices that we really focus on and help people understand how to use them. I don't know. 
It's a good question. I, I don't think a de- I, I would say maybe I'm wrong here. I don't think a dev kit is something that the consumer should know how to. I don't know that would they would be interested in using if that's the question that you're asking. I was happy to see that DK One still had a presence. Pun intended, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay. A- anything else from the uh, audience? Here? I, Lucas asked if WMR. MR falls into another into other, but it has its no, own. No, no, it, it has like eight percent or so. It had its own, and it was relatively <laughs> decent up the list. So, but yeah. but Index outperformed it after you know yeah. after all of those low cost headsets. There's more people and that makes sense, of course, right? You're going to use Index with Steam. That's that's yeah. the what you're going to have to use. And if you're like an you early Index. adapter who had a Windows Mixed Reality headset. And you just had it. It was low cost. You've had it for a couple of years. And then you're like, all right, Half-Life Alex, now's the time for me to upgrade. Like, it makes sense that Index would overtake that. You know, Windows MR, uh, I struggle with this because I have multiple of their headset, of the Windows MR headsets. I've got the Odyssey Plus. I've got the Acer. I've used the HP one. I've used the Dell one. I mean, I've used them all at one point. They're decent headsets for the price there's absolutely no push for these headsets at all they're just kind of chilling like here we made them now you do whatever you want with them i I don't i don't understand why microsoft isn't pushing they've got to have stocks of them floating around right now right i mean sell them I, i don't understand why they're not microsoft isn't all in on vr and i just that i struggle with that knowledge i don't know I, I like I, I said on many podcasts before. I think they're still salty about the failure of the Connect. I still remember when Phil Spencer was like, "We're gonna have a, a Connect in every home. Everyone's gonna be using the Connect." Psych. Not even close. Yeah. So strange. So strange. Well, do we have anything else that we want to talk about today, Ian? Yeah, just that chart. If you can read, if read that article, it should still be in like top stories. It's a really oh, yeah. important moment in the industry. Um, to kind of have that breakdown uh, since they've changed their methodology for how they track those numbers. And now we know uh, a better picture of what's being used on steam. Obviously it doesn't give us a full picture of how many rift S's are out there since, you know, a lot, some number of the rift S community won't be using them on steam. I assume a large percentage of rift S owners would be on steam, but it's still a, it's still a significant moment to get that much stronger picture. Yeah. Definitely mm. check out that chart, that article, and the breakdown. Cool. Um, Uganda be kidding me. That's a good <laughs> point. That Windows MR is exceptional for the price. Have to agree. Samsung doing their refresh with the Plus was promising, and HP working with Valve and Microsoft, a new refresh is promising. But that's it. And I, mm-hmm. I'm going to totally agree with them. Like, that's it. Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, uh, I guess that's our show for the week. Uh, I'd like to encourage all of you to go and check out UploadVR.com for all the latest and greatest stuff that we've put out. We've got all sorts of great video content and that you can spend some of your time watching that. Catch up on the stuff you missed. I mean, go back and watch previous weeks. Listen to the uh, evolution of some of these stories. It's really, it's really fun I- to Ian do that. Ian and I have had a lot of good duo shows, a couple of them in the last month or so i don't know yeah, time is yeah. a flat circle but we had a show where it was just <laughs> us and then the one about with the devs about remote work i think we those were really good shows check mm-hmm. them out shameless plug yeah if we're gonna be shameless go ahead and like and subscribe and join and tweet and share and all that fun stuff because you know 
support us. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, and stay okay. safe out there. Yeah, yeah. yes. And I wear, been... wear gloves outside. Remove your gloves when you get back in the car or before your home. Wear a mask if you can. Wash your hands. Stay clean. I have Please. been ending every conversation that I have had on phone and teleconferencing and uh, not in person because we're not allowed to do that. I've been ending it with be smart, be safe. So Brandon makes a good point, though, real quick. Ian, oh. Did Ian say pistol whip at all in this episode? Uh, oh. <gasps> pistol whip. Okay, there you go. There you go, Brandon. That sounds good. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching. We'll see you in the future.